Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. Lock into what I'm saying. So let's start in Isaiah. Because I don't think that there's anything that we could really, uh, in this time and this day, be more convinced of than this. This is Isaiah 40, Isaiah 14, 24. verse 24. My man, you know what's up. It's on page 46 in your Bibles if you have the Isaiah Passion Translation. We got it going to there now. Okay. All right. I don't know why I like to read this one up here because it's just so like. This is not the Passion Translation, though. All right, I'm going to read it to you. The Lord Yahweh, commander of angel armies. That, to me, has hit me so hard over the past three weeks. Is this idea, no, not idea, this truth that Yahweh, remember, I believe that he wants us to understand that he is Yahweh, to put him in that place of exaltation, but he wants us to know and have relationship with him as Abba, as Papa, as Father, just like Yeshua did, but there, it, doesn't, it doesn't negate the power and the, and the glory of who he is as Yahweh. The Lord Yahweh, commander of angel armies, Armies of angels are at his disposal. It's that song we were singing today. All all I did was was stay still. And all I did was praise. It, It takes us back to that place. The meek shall inherit the earth. And we're not called to take something that was meant to be an inheritance. And we've spent so much time striving. We're not going to strive our way into the next glory. You know, we're not going to strive our way and work our way into seeing the glory of Yahweh come to this earth or in our nation or in our city. There's not, it's not about striving our way into it. It's about coming to a place of receiving an inheritance. So the Lord Yahweh, commander of angel armies, makes this solemn decree. Be sure of this. Second most powerful thing in this. Be sure of this. I don't think we're sure of much of anything these days. Even the things we think we're sure about, we're not quite sure. Because as soon as another opinion hits, or as soon as that circumstance, or as soon as that doesn't pan out the way that we thought it would, we're not quite sure anymore. I'm not sure of it. But he says you can be sure of this. Just as I have planned, so it will be. Every purpose of my heart will surely come to pass. That to me gives me peace. That should bring comfort to our situations. That should bring overwhelming joy and peace and rest in knowing that nothing caught Abba by surprise. This was not one of those things where he said, everything's gotten so bad and I did not see this one coming. I don't have the answer, guys. I'm not sure exactly what we should do at this point in time. But that's what we are doing. (laughs) A lot of times, I'm not sure. And this is where I stand, and then this is where I stand, and then this is where I stand, and then this is where I stand. And I'm going to look at this, I'm going to look at that, I'm going to look to the left, right, up, down, and I'm spinning around in something I should not be in. But he says to be sure of this, no matter what's taking place in today, just as I have planned, so it will be. What's his plan? On earth as it is in heaven. I had an amazing, powerful uh, 
breakfast with my dad, Joe Gurlez, um, a couple days ago. And one of the things that we talked about and that he was, he was mentioning, is he, mentioning is he said, it's, it's wild how in this day, how many believers, it, it's such a consistent topic of, of what they say, of how they describe these days. And they always come to this place of, what, you know, it's in the Bible. These are the end days. This, this is end times. It's in the Bible, you know. That, and, and really what they might as well say is, I don't know where it's in the Bible exactly, but someone told me that, and that's what I choose to believe because I don't have any other answer. But when he says, on earth as it is in heaven, and he says that he's giving us this earth as an inheritance, you can be sure of this. He still has plans for this place. And you and Christ within you is the answer. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an excuse and it's a cop-out and a backing off of the situation when we say These are the, this is it. Jesus is coming because we couldn't get it right. He gave us the earth as an inheritance. He also gave us authority and dominion over this earth in Genesis. So from the very beginning of time, we are called to have dominion over this earth. And just because we're not acting like people with authority over this earth does not mean that the call is different. It just might fall to the next generation if we don't step up. So we can be sure of this. It's going to be on earth as it is in heaven. Just look up there and read those words for a little while because we don't have to move on to this. On, on to something else. In that breakfast, I hope my dad's cool with me sharing some of this stuff because it's just a powerful testimony. It meant a lot to me. But he, he started to talk about He, he was asking me in the very beginning about, like, remind me of what, what it was, that those weird kind of things that Frank had. He said he had asked my mom about reminding her or reminding him of his instance where Frank was walking and he, and he was the, the trees of the field clapped. Can you come share that real quick, Mom? Just that testimony of what Frank did that one time. Mike, 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 Mike. Tess? Okay. So they, another house they lived in, and they had a path that went around the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was just walking. He was very young, and Basha and I got the privilege of babies splitting time and babysitting Frank while his mom was still working. And um, so he was, we walked this path every day, at least once, maybe twice. And he just skipped, you know, like Frank did. He was always hopping down the path. And this one particular day, and I still can see it in my mind, he just stopped. And there was like, this is before the hurricane, so there was a bunch of trees, just thick with trees. And he just stopped. He walked right up to, there's a little bridge, and he walked straight up and he just stopped. And he just, it wasn't like, just like Frank would do, like a lot of clapping going on, just, you know. And he just stayed in that posture for some time. And I just remembered that scripture, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. And I said, Frank, <laughs> what are you seeing? I said, are the trees clapping their hands? And he goes, yep. And then he just walked on, you know. Come on. <laughs> so he was asking me stories like that. There was another one that was more recent where Frank and I've had a ton, but where Frank was describing basically heaven to me, uh, or us in heaven, and, and it's just, it was wild, and my dad was asking me to describe it to him, and it was, it was this weird thing of him saying like, no, it's like us, they, everybody, they look like us, I was like, like us? And he was like, well, not exactly, but sort of, and I was like, like ghosts? And he was like, like air. And he was, and he, but he talked about it as if it was that, it, that's it. Like this is straight up, like there's no question, there's no hesitancy. There is a story, I don't even remember exactly what it was. Whenever I was a little kid, I said something to Joanne. Recently, uh, Jonathan and Tamara's little uh, child, I'm not going to share exactly what it is, but she is, she's, uh, Ellie is, how old is Ellie right now? 
two and a half. And she's just very like, do, 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 everything's like that. And then all of a sudden she'll drop a bomb of prophetic wisdom on you. That, that it's, I'm not talking about prophetic words like we have, like Donald Trump's going to be the president. I'm talking about ones like that actually change things, which is like she, she declares, she like says something and they're like, that's not how it's going to be. Like, that's not pot, no, like Ellie, like, what do you mean? A week later, they find out that it's exactly what's taking place. And my dad started to ask me about this because, and this was the reason, is he said, you know, I, uh, I've been in this, you know, he's kind of, kind of been in this funk along with a lot of other people. And he's kind of like warred against this idea of like, you know, trying to come into truth and wanting to. And finally, I guess, and again, I hope he's okay with me. So I don't see him here, so. Okay. Um, but he, but that he, uh, that he came to a place where he finally said, you know what, I'm replacing the news. I'm replacing all the things that I've, I've liked to listen to, even the weather channel, and I'm replacing it with the podcasts of the house. And that sounds weird because, I mean, he's my dad. But my dad doesn't see me as his son in this place as much as he sees me as a voice, as a voice from Holy Spirit to this house, to this tribe. And so he finally came to the place where he just forced himself to shut everything else off. And I believe this, the only way, not the only way, but the only way through us that supernatural breakthrough is ever going to take place in your life and your situation is, a, is from a place of consecration, is, some, is from a place of holiness. And you cannot, you cannot look at one thing Believe this thing about a world here and look at the things in front of you, form your opinions, and then be able to receive what Holy Spirit has. It's otherworldly. It will not mix. There's a, I think it's in Corinthians, I could be wrong, 1 Corinthians, something like that, where the Bible actually tells us that people that aren't seeing through the lens of Holy Spirit, so to speak, will not be able to perceive or discern the things of the Spirit. In fact, it'll become foolishness to them. Like it will sound foolish. And these are the people that aren't activating Holy Spirit, that aren't shutting off the cistern, so to speak, to just fall into what he's got for us. So my dad is asking me all these, asking me these questions, and, and I could tell like on his face there was... A completely, that, that song I, I hadn't heard in a long time, but I love, I love your presence. New life on my face. There's a fresh breeze from the waters, which is the rivers of life, I believe. And I know that I'm home. I've come to a place of peace. I've come to a place of safety in his wings. I've come to a place of knowing, being still and knowing and there's new life on my face and I'm looking at my dad's face and he, there's, he's like kind of, he's kind of tearing up a little bit and he's, 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 but it's not tears of any kind of depression or worry. It's this light tears of joy that I have not seen on my dad's face. I'll just be real with you. My mom's agreeing. He would be here, he'd just be like this. But he, I love seeing it in the most unlikely situations where it's different than how you, ex- because it means that it's otherworldly. It means that there's something that shouldn't have changed. When you see someone, when you see someone who has been one way for so long, not a bad way, just not a tender way, just not a light and easy way, shift and become like him. And all of a sudden, you can physically see it on their person. There's something, there's something about that testifying of another world. And it's powerful. So he started to say, I said, you know, we were talking through this, and I was just like, could see this different countenance on his face. And, and I was just like, you know, not listening to the news and all that kind of stuff is liberating, isn't it? And he said, he couldn't even get the word yes out. He just had tears in his eyes. And he said, I, I came into work um, this past Monday a little bit early, earlier than I normally would, and no one was there. And he said he just knew he was supposed to set himself apart, and he had his way of doing that. 
But he just came to Yahweh and he said, Abba, I've, I've kind of closed the door to something else and I want to open the door to your heart. I, in his own words, he, he basically just said, I'm not coming to you for anything like I normally do when I pray to you. I, I don't, not come in for some kind of breakthrough. I'm not coming to see this thing change in someone else's life or my kids. Or, I'm not coming about, I just, want, I just want you. And I just want to hear your voice. I just want to hear your voice. Not the voice of someone on the phone in the hallway. But I want to hear your voice. And this is what Abba said to him. He did say something to him. And what he said, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I, I lose focus. Who's in there? Someone talking? Who's talking right now? Okay, could, he, could y'all take that outside? They can go to the ark. They can go in my office. I don't care, but just that's distracting. That might just be me, but I'm the one that has to speak, so. I can't be distracted. So anyways, there's, there is, uh, so what he said is he comes to, he comes to Abba and he said, you know, I, I, I just want to, I want to hear your voice. And he said, Mark, I got, I got an answer. And uh, he just said a simple phrase, but it's impacted me deeply. I said, well, what is that? Let's wait a second. I see eyes going everywhere. You just hear dot, 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 dot. This is what Abba said to him. He said, I'm about to cause you to remember. And so he's been asking, he's been asking about these stories of Frank because it's, it's making something in him come alive. It's reminding him of something. It's bringing him to a place of remembrance. And that remembrance is causing a joy within him that he has never experienced or can't remember experiencing. And there's this, there's this scripture that we always quote and we always say, but it's, it, it's, it's so powerful to this time and to this moment and really what my dad's coming into, and that is this. Before I formed you, I knew you. Before you came into this body, before you were birthed out of the womb, before I even formed you in the womb, there was a place where I knew you. The Bible refers to it as the unseen. Guys, put 2 Corinthians 4.18 up there for me, please. 4.17 4.17 and 18. It says, We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison because we don't focus our attention on what is seen. We don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is, somebody's series going off with that. <laughs> For what is seen is temporary. Searching for unseen. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't get that. 17 says, we view our slight short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. Now, th- this, is a, this is where you can fall into religious side of things and saying, because one day I'll be off in heaven. There will be a generation that brings heaven to this earth. That is eternal. That is eternity. That is the will of Abba. 
We see our difficulties as a substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Meaning that even in the midst of circumstances, why is there a joy being produced? It's the circumstances that makes the peace and the light so evident in our lives. If you're willing to lean into it. Because we do, 18 says, because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but, what, but the unseen realm is eternal. Now here's the cool thing about unseen. Your Bible might say not seen. I like the translation unseen way better. There's even uh, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the ev- evidence of things not seen or unseen. The reason I like unseen is because it actually has two meanings. One, not seen. Unseen is not seen. But it also means this, not, have not seen for a very long time. I saw it at one point in time, but situations and circumstances have come to a place to make it be an unseen. I have not seen it for a very long time. And you remember the start of 2020, I got eye surgery. Y'all remember this? Start of 2020, I got eye surgery and Yahweh spoke to me in one of the grosser ways. When he was talking about the surgery I had to have, they wouldn't allow me, which LASIK is where they take a laser or a knife or whatever they use and they, they cut this little, what's it called? I don't know if that's the, <laughs> Jonathan came out with it. flap. It's called, a, it's called a flap. So they cut you a little flap. They fold it over. The laser goes in there, reshapes your eye. They put the flap back and it heals back up. And you can see almost immediately. They're like, you can't do that um, because of the shape of your cornea or whatever it might be. So what we're going to, what we're going to do is this surgery called PRK and what it requires us to do is to scrape that membrane completely off. I know. (laughs) But you have to actually scrape that completely off. Then the laser comes in, shapes your eye. And he said, ultimately, it's a better thing, but it's not an easy thing. Because you have to grow back a completely new lens. So he started to speak to me about that being in this time. Like what I was physically going through was what this house, this tribe, and I believe believers are having to go through in this time. This was prior to all of this junk that we've gone through. But I'm going to scrape off the old lens and cause you to see through a new lens. Because what we focus our attention on is, because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is a temporary situation, but what the unseen realm is, is eternal. Is that good? I'm back and forth of how far I'm going to go. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not going to go very far here. But this, this is what I, I really believe. And, I, and I've been preaching this from up here, from over there, from out there, all along. But it is, Joshua says it like this, consecrate yourselves. Why? Not because it's this bad thing, but because the Lord is going to do wonders among you. Yeshua told the disciples when there was the boy they couldn't heal at the end, they came to him. Why couldn't we heal him? He said, this type of healing only comes from prayer and fasting. This type of healing only comes from a place of set apart. Yeshua was one that was always found set apart. He was always escaping He is always going away to be with the Father. And it's not about religious duty. It's not about, I didn't set four hours. You know, I got to set my my timer for an hour. I got to make sure that every single day of the week I've hit this thing. It's about intentionality. 
It's not about being religious. It's about being intentional. And Ben always says, I, I agree. It's not supposed to be religious when people say that. But if you lead off with, well, hey, look, I'm free. I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. You probably should start worrying about that stuff because it's not a good idea to spend time with the Father. It's necessary do, do we understand, like, these things, like, the hope, the joy, the peace, all of those things aren't just good fruit. They're necessary fruit to take us in to the glory we were designed for. They're necessary fruits of the Spirit that are meant to be tended to, to be watered, to be saddened and thought about, to be meditated on, to where they produce something that actually changes things around us. We are called to remember the unseen world. We're called to wake up. That's the terminology you hear. The the enemy always takes the terminology of the kingdom or things of the kingdom, perverts it and tries to use it for its own good. And if you think about it, those are the terms that are used all the time lately in this day. Be woke. Wake up. Awaken. Those are great terms. But their kingdom. And we need to wake up, not to the right party, not to the right vibe of the day, but to Him. It's just like, I mean, it's so obvious to me when Yeshua has the, the, uh, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and they're saying, I want to see a sign. And He says, Look, you can read this, the weather. You can step outside and what you see with your eyes, you can tell me. And you think you've got some glorious thing. But you still can't see the signs of the time. What he's talking about is the discernment within him. He talked about the sign being Jonah, which was three days in the belly, him being three days in the tomb, and resurrection power being that, what, that which needs to flow through us. Not this sign. Not, not looking at the political world. Not looking at the, 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 the disease and the difficulty and saying, you know what, these are the end times. That's what the Bible speaks about. Discern with the eyes of the heart, the eyes of the spirit. Second Corinthians four eighteen. Oh, did I just read that? Was that where I was at? I meant to say Romans. Romans one eighteen. This one right here is, has a. Uh, It should bring light. It should, it should bring uh, revelation to you about what's going on, about what has taken place. 18 says, For God in heaven unveils his holy anger, breaking forth against every form of sin, both toward ungodliness that lives in hearts and evil actions. Listen to this. For the wickedness of humanity deliberately smothers the truth And keeps people from acknowledging the truth about God. It keeps people from acknowledging the unseen. So the wickedness of this day, let's put it in today's terms, the wickedness going on in today, the things that we seem to be coming into agreement with more than that Isaiah scripture about he is Yahweh, God over angel armies, and and his plan will surely come to pass, we come into agreement with the powers of darkness. We can tell you all about the powers of darkness. You can get on social media right now and learn about the powers of darkness. You can be a scholar in the powers of darkness and change absolutely nothing. There is no ing on the end of that. It's nothing. You can change nothing with that. But you're woke. You're woke to today's realities. You can read the weather, but you're not seeing the signs of the times. You're not seeing the roaring 20s. You're not all of a sudden having tears of joy and a life, new life hit your face. People aren't able to look into your eyes and see the joy of the Lord. Because we've put that in the category of one day. Good idea. Instead of necessary to the life as a son. 
necessary to be led by the impulses of Holy Spirit. And so it says that the, this day, the wickedness of this day, is literally trying to suppress the truth about Yahweh. It's trying to suppress the truth about an unseen world. It's trying to suppress the truth about who you are and what you actually were designed to be. It's trying to suppress the truth about before you came here, you were. You existed. And you are called to be a vessel of his glory and not an opinion. There's, there's two different things. There's an opinion, and it might be good, and it might be moral. And those are, those are good things, but they're not the necessary thing. The necessary thing is being a vessel, a gateway of his glory. That's the necessary thing. For the wickedness of humanity deliberately smothers the truth and keeps people from acknowledging the truth about God. Why is it so important that in all of our ways we acknowledge Yahweh? In making a cup of coffee, in going to the store, in waking up and saying, I thank you for this day, Abba. Why? Why? Because you're waking yourself up slowly like leaven, but surely to a world unseen. You're reminding yourself that I didn't wake up today because of happenstance. I woke up today because the air I breathe in my lungs is actually not my own. That the blood in my veins is actually not my own. And if I can approach every single situation and every single day like that, then I actually operate not as my own. And I go into this place that is a very tough thing that even Yeshua himself had to address in his own heart, which is not my will but yours be done. But he did it freely because he truly was separate, holy unto the Father. He separated himself from the political world. He separated himself from the wickedness, which was way more wicked than what we have today. By the way, you think you could make it back then? If you couldn't make it here, if you're freaking out today, But Yeshua walked in perfect peace. Not trying to change all these things and the signs that everybody else is trying to see, but just to represent the Father. To, to show them a better life. To show them a better way. To show them where this thing actually starts to take hold and starts to change the world around you. For the wickedness of humanity deliberately smothers the truth and keeps people from acknowledging the truth about God. What is truth? Emmet, it means all that is real. That's what the Hebrews believed about the word truth. Every time you see the word truth in the Bible, it's not like, well, right and wrong. There's not a little bit of truth and then a little bit of falsehood. There's no, there's no mingled thing. It's actually the word is actually spelled from uh, Hebrews left to right, but the it's the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's the middle letter of the Hebrew al alphabet, and it's the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Every single letter within the Hebrew language means more than actually the word it comprises. So there's such significance in it saying that it's the last, the middle, and the first because it encompasses the entire language. And what truth meant to the, to the Hebrews, what truth meant to Yeshua, what truth means in the Bible is not it's pretty good truth. It means all that is real. Reality in Hebrew actually means that which is found, that which is sought. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Why are these things not being added to me? Did you seek first the kingdom, or did you seek first an opinion that lined up with your opinion? Seek first, first and foremost. When I wake up, it's not a good idea that I give thanks. It's necessary. If you want to walk 
in the reality and the truth of the kingdom. If you want to have tears of joy streaming down your face, if you want to be tender unto him, be able to recognize the king when he walks into the room, you need to give thanks. You need to, in all of your ways, acknowledge Yahweh and realize that that's exactly what the powers that be, the enemies of this world are doing. And Yahweh saying, I despise this, is that they're causing you not to be able to see the truth about me about Abba, about Papa. One more time. For the wickedness of humanity deliberately smothers the truth and keeps people from acknowledging the truth, the emmet, the all that is real about God. In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively. Find someone who doesn't believe, and I promise you in their secret place, and I mean their bedroom or their time at work, there's not just a seed. There's not just at least a question. You'll never get the admittance of that, but everyone, Within everyone, I believe that there is at least a slight knowing that I did not come from here. It's why he says to his disciples, unless you change and become like a child, you won't be able to enter into the kingdom. Why does Frank, why does Ellie, why do your kids speak of an unseen world? They haven't had enough to take the unseen world out of their minds. And I think it's our job as the tribe, as leaders to make sure that those kiddos over in there in that room never, ever forget. That everything that we do in our own lives, that when we come in here and we worship, that even if we're not feeling it, our hands are raised. That even if we're not feeling like being here, we're here. Because it's not about you, it's about the next generation. And it's about him. And when we make it about him, he'll make it about us. Smothers the truth and keeps people from acknowledging the truth about God. In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively. For God has embedded this. For God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. How many human hearts? The believers, every human heart. Well, then why are we not as tender as we should be? Why do people not believe? Why are these... He's just said, the wickedness of humanity deliberately smothers the truth and keeps people from acknowledging the truth about God. Why is it important that we get it? Why is it important that we have the unseen world? that we start to become tender. It's not a good idea. Do you hear me today? Um, This is not a good idea. This is not about your morals. This is not about our opinions. This is not about being good Christian churchgoers. This is about sons and daughters that the earth itself is standing on tiptoe waiting to see be revealed. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, I don't care if you're two, one, or 101, that this day, if you're breathing, this is for you that you have a call, that your day is not done, that he is calling you into another place, another level of consecration, another level of holiness, another level of set apart because he's going to do wonders among you. But he didn't say, Joshua didn't go, you guys get a good sleep. He's going to do some cool things tomorrow. He said, consecrate yourself. Throughout scripture, you see this. When he's doing something big, there's a level of consecration that takes place. I tell this all the time, but David had his ephod. Every time David was going to set himself apart and something miraculous take place, he put on his ephod. And it was a thing that he did to separate himself from the world. There was... uh, 
they used to have, as uh, you've heard of the Talit, I think Apostle Aaron Smith has, he's, he's very much about the Talit, and I don't know all of the things about that, and there's some very super spiritual things about it, but, but one of the main reasons that the Talit, which is just a, it, it's a piece of fabric, it's got tassels, it's got this, um, some different, um, I don't want to say designs, but kind of designs on it, and, it, and people will put it over themselves, or they'll wrap themselves in it. But where that came from was that uh, early believers were actually somewhat nomadic and they would be traveling and they needed a way around all these people to be able to wrap themselves, to set themselves apart, to shut themselves out off to what was going around them because they saw the significance in being single-focused. Fo- the eye is the lamp into the entire body. If my eye be single, then my whole body will be full of light. Or if my li- I, I be good, then my whole body will be full of light. In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively. I'm going to cause you to remember. In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively, for God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. Opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance. Because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible, such as his eternal power and transcendence. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived, for seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. So then, this leaves everyone without excuse. The, the, the other translation is things of, of this world testify of a God unseen. Yeah. Something like that. But I think you could agree with me that the things of this world are not testifying of a God unseen. Depends on what lens you're looking through. Depends on if you truly have gone through the process of letting the entire lens, not partial, the entirety of the lens be scraped off. And then you've gone through a process of healing and letting the new lens grow in. That's weird and sounds crazy. But it's so true. We ought to be different. We have to... We have to be able to perceive the unseen world. And I believe that it's super easy because it's instinctive. But it causes us shutting off everything else, being single-minded, single-focused. And if it sounds like I'm preaching the exact same message I preached last week and the week before that and the week before that and prior to that, that week and the week before that, and I'm doing it just in a different way, it's because I am. It's because this is the most important thing that we can do is to set ourselves apart from everything that's swirling around us because you weren't supposed to look like everything that was swirling around you. And we're meant to meditate on his law and his truth day and night and night and day because I'm telling you the wickedness of this world is trying to suppress that truth. And if you give it just a little foothold, it will suppress that truth. And if you feel asleep today, it's because you're not woke to him and his reality in the world unseen. And it's time, high time for this people, for this tribe, for this nation, for believers around this nation to start to act like believers. Believers. The measure in which your inheritance is released is directly related to the level of heaven you reveal. Meaning that We have to be in a place of singular focus where we're willing to reveal heaven and not the things around us. In that place of revealing, in that place of saying, I know what you see, but let me tell you what I'm seeing. In that place of saying, this is heaven. This is a heavenly reality. There's a level of inheritance that the meek start to receive that is the earth. Meaning that I will start to have authority over things and situations that I didn't used to have authority over. And the nine times that I prayed for this, the ten times I prayed for this, the hundred times I prayed for this situation, and there wasn't a breakthrough, he calls us into a place of called formlessness to start to 
conform us into the image of Christ and to really start to represent the king and to be in a place of holiness so that we can authentically represent the king and it's not an opinion but it's the king and we can say not my will but your will and I can tell you that the earth can't help but respond to the words of the father flowing through us and when we have his mind when we have the mind of Christ the words that come out of our heart will be authentic pure not based on opinion but based on heaven and there will be authority you'll see things change with just your word I've seen weird things change that I keep to myself based on a word. I saw my natural father change based on a word. I've seen many people around here that have truly leaned into the word of Holy Spirit in this house start to change and start to manifest the king. I'm going to read through that one more time because I think it's important. No, I, don't, I know it's important. 18 says, For God in heaven unveils his holy anger, breaking forth against every form of sin, both toward ungodliness that lives in hearts and evil actions. For the wickedness of humanity deliberately smothers the truth and keeps people from acknowledging the truth about God. In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively. For God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. See, it's with our, our minds believe what we see. In most cases. Our minds believe what what it sees. That's why it says the eye is the lamp unto the entire body. But our heart believes what it's fed. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man meditates in his heart, so is he. You go to bed at night and say, I'm a son. Christ's blood is pulsing through my veins. I'm more than an overcomer. I'm a redeemer. I'm a healer. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the first and not the last. I'm a lender and not a borrower. I meditate on these things day and night and night and day. The things that Abba, that Papa God says about me. You'll never make a father more mad at someone than if their child comes in and tells them something that someone else told them about them that was contrary to to what the Father knows about them. They start coming home and saying, well, I'm shy. I'm not very funny. I'm not fast. I'm not this. I'm not, I'm weird. There is a holy anger that rises up within you. And it's the same thing that Papa God thinks about you when you go to bed at night and say, man, I've messed it up. I I just am not quite who I'm supposed to be. I, I... I just don't do things the right way. I make the wrong decisions daily. I, I, keep, I, keep, I don't, can't figure this out. I'm not the husband I need to be. I'm not the father I need to be. I'm, not, I'm just not cutting it. There's a holy anger that rises up within him because he knows that's the wickedness of humanity that is causing you to suppress the truth about God and yourself and the reality about an unseen world. And he's going, do you not remember before I formed you? Just let that instinctive knowledge that I've put within you start to awaken and become woke to the realities of the kingdom. The heart will believe what it's fed. Above all else, guard your heart. Above everything else, guard your heart because everything that you do is going to start to flow from that place. Hear me, don't, listen. Listen. Do not let that become a cliche statement in here, a cliche scripture. Above all else, consecrate your heart. How do you do that? These are the gateway. What you let in this is going to start to take root in this. We have got to come to a place of seriously holy meditation 
on who we are and who we're called to be. We need to be in the Word. We need to be in Scripture and let this wash clean everything that is impure in our hearts. This is not religious. That's the church has made it religious. This is a powerhouse. It's not the end-all, be-all. His Word is. But this is something that we need to be in. We need to be reading. We need to be, we need to be meditating on these truths. Now, there's, there's the, the things that you might see in the world are true from this world. But not the unseen. And that might be too spooky for everybody. But let me tell you this. If you care enough about this world and really what takes place in it, then you have to care as a believer about the unseen world because it's that unto this. Like this, if this isn't right, this will never be right. Unseen, seen. If the unseen isn't the operation, if this isn't where we're operating from, you'll never have an impact on this. There is, remember the Bible says right here that there is no excuse. There's no like, well, I just thought that this was moral. You know, they're talking about abortions and and this is moral. Yes, it is moral, but this is not how you change it. By spreading the darkness, by talking about the darkness, by constantly meditating and chewing on how bad it is. You have got to constantly be meditating and chewing on the unseen, which is good, which is Abba is good and his mercies endure forever. That is, he is Yahweh, God and commander of angel armies and that his plan will surely be sure of this. It will come to pass. Not possibly, not maybe, not could happen. Surely come to pass. And if you aren't operating out of this, I just don't believe you're quite convinced of that scripture. And I would challenge you to go and read that every single day. And then also try this in all of your ways, acknowledge him. See if that doesn't just give an uppercut to the things of this world. Things become more clear because it's stuff's getting scraped away. Realities of the unseen world start to become seen. In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively, for God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. Opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance, it's freely available to us. Causes us to be set apart, though. What was it that my dad did? My dad set himself apart. His own way, which is a, is, is a personal thing, but he, he did what he believed was right to set himself apart. And that might be a physical action. It might be a cutting some things off. It might be shutting some things down, but it ultimately comes to a place of being still because in stillness, in the waiting, you start to know and start to be made aware of the reality of the kingdom. And there has, there, I just recently, yesterday, I, I went hunting and I sat in the freezing cold, dreary rain in a stand and didn't see anything until like the very end of the day, Mike. It was, I mean, I'm talking, I probably, like if I, I, I doubt it would have been legal. They would might have been a little gray line, but it, it would have been, it wouldn't have been legal. But I, we saw a few things, but nothing, nothing that we would have shot anyways, but I'm sitting there in these moments. I, I, I kind of had conflict because whenever I left, my son is going, Daddy, don't leave me. Don't, don't leave, please. And I'm like, golly, is this like, am I supposed to stay here? Is something going to happen to me? He's just being so dramatic. But then, I, but then my wife came and she like put her hand on my chest and she said, you need to go. And what, she, what is she saying? Not that she, you need to go get a deer because she can't stand deer meat right now. Anyways, we're working on that. But, but you need to go and be silent in the woods. There's something that you cannot get, even in the good things, even in being around the kids and being around all of us. There's, in every one of us, there needs to be a moment of just being silent and being still being quiet and it is so hard to do if you haven't done it but I challenge you in that today shut yourself off again I say this every single week 
It's because I mean it. And there's no reason for me to continue to go on. And again, let's one time put Isaiah back up there. Say, say this, say, repeat this after me. Be sure of this. Just as I have planned, so it will be. Every purpose of my heart will surely, will surely come to pass. That's glorious. Amen. All right, let's stand. Dang it, that was not that short. You receive it? If if you're unsure of it, I, I just give it a go. I actually told the leaders in, in, uh, in this house, right before we came in here, we just were talking about some of this stuff, and I said, I think that over the next week or two weeks, we need to find specific things. Like, we need to truly set ourselves apart in a way. Like, we're good at that. I mean, Ben and I talk about this a lot, but I mean genuinely set ourselves apart. I'm, I, I've, I've gotten to a place where some, what I do is sometimes I get a little bit like just there's too much going on and in order to slow down my mind, I might pull out my ESPN app or something. Well, and everything that you can look at today is going to be the knowledge of this earth. The weather app is about the worst, my gosh. <laughs> it is nuts. But get your news Get your truth. Try a time of truly consecrating yourself and see what he starts to do in your life. Apostle Paul used to say, Revelation is seeing something for the first time that you've been looking at all along. That's what the unseen is. It's always been there instinctively, innately, knowing, but he's bringing us to a place of seeing it again for the first time. Something so old it's new is what uh, Damon, I think, says a lot. Something so old that it becomes new. Like, all of a sudden, I'm awakened to this idea that there was a day. I think deep down in our hearts, I think deep down in our souls, I think deep down in who we are, we remember that there was a day before today. And there's something... It's not this trying to be hyper-spiritual, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's just, it's our operating system. It's where we, otherwise, like I've said this all the time, but I, let's not do church. I don't, I don't want to, if I'm, I want to be called to the unseen world. I want something that's, I see things take place from the intimacy that I'm walking in. I want to, I want there to be fruit. There should be fruit. There should be the secondary consequence of intimacy. There should be redemption and healing and glory. Everywhere we look around us, things should change to those that are walking in consecrated intimacy with the Father. That's and if we're just going to get up here and sing some songs and preach a good word, then it's just, that ain't for me, guys. I'm, I'll go ahead and punch my ticket and go on. Get a job at Verizon or something. I don't know. AT&T. Let's lift our hands. Open the eyes of our heart. Let us see the unseen. Give us tenderness in the place of intimacy. Let us have a desire, let there be a fire burning within this people to find moments to get away. To answer the call of exclusivity. To walk in perfect peace and joy unspeakable. Let there be new life that hits their faces. Let there be new rest that enters their being.
Let all the worries of today worry about themselves. And let us just fall into undeniable truth and rest and peace and knowing who you are. I just, I, today I prophetically, I strip away the wickedness that has suppressed truth about you, Father. I peel that back in the eyes of this tribe. I just scrape away that lens. I get rid of everything that has ever been suppressed in this people and that even right this moment, I speak into existence a brand new lens that can see nothing but goodness, can see nothing but glory, can see only the things that you see, Father, Let us walk in that truth. Give us assurance of who you are and who we are in this county, in this nation, in this earth. But most importantly, in your lap. I declare this in the name of Yeshua, Jesus the Christ, in his nature and who he is. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.